It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. All right. Five Tool Podcast in the house. We're back, everyone. We're going to keep it on a little somber note to begin the show. We're going to, we obviously had some devastating news this last Sunday. A tragic helicopter crash in Los Angeles involving nine people that lost their lives. So we're going to keep it, we're going to keep it at a somber note for much of the show. So Black Josh, you good? I'm good. Killer Kyle, you good? Yes. Seamus, you good? Always good. All right. So I just want to take a take a moment to just list the people that that life, people's lives that we lost on Sunday. Uh, obviously, Kobe Bryant passed at 41 years old. His 13 year old daughter, Gianna Bryant, was lost too. Um, Orange Coast College basketball coach John Antebelli and his wife Carrie Antebelli and their daughter Alyssa. Um, she was a teammate of Gigi. Uh, Christian Mauser, who was a coach, or Christina Mauser, who was a coach and the wife of Matt Mauser of the band Tijuana Dogs. Peyton Chester, a 13-year-old basketball player, and her mother Sarah, and the pilot, Arizaboyan, pilot of the helicopter. Um, obviously, it's tragic no matter what way you cut it, be it basketball players, famous or not, uh, sports figures or not, no matter which way you cut it, it's a tragic loss to the world. Nine people lost their lives. And it was an unfortunate circumstance, and obviously we're all feeling the ripples of, of the accident and, and the devastation and the lives lost. Um, that accident is still under investigation. Uh, the final transmission from the pilot era said he was climbing to avoid uh, cloud layer, and the crash occurred as dense fog covered the area, and it actually grounded other nearby helicopters, including the LAPD. Um, like I said, it's a tragic, a tragic loss for for everyone. I mean, who knows Kobe and who are fans of him, and the the, the ripple effect between not just Kobe's life but these other people and their families. I mean, it it hurts us all in one way or another, and it kind of forces you to take a look at life, and it makes you. Appreciate your loved ones and their safety. I know as a father to, a, to an 11-year-old daughter and I got a baby on the way, to me personally, um, the first thing I thought of was my daughter and how happy and thankful I was that she's safe and that she's being protected and that and that she that I didn't have to feel the, this, the, the pain that um, Kobe and his wife felt. I mean, Kobe had to watch his daughter pass away right before his eyes, and that's, that's absolutely tragic in, in ways. Um... I want to I wanna get everybody's first reactions as, as to what they thought when they heard the news. Um, we'll start with you, Killa Kyle. What was your first reaction when you heard the news of the crash on Sunday afternoon? Well, it was you guys. I think it was Black Josh who said something in our message group about get ready to see Kobe all over your time feed and or news feed, and I didn't know what was going on, and I... I was watching cartoons with my kid, and I went on Facebook and saw some TMZ reports that 
Kobe Bryant had died in a helicopter crash. And I'm like, everybody else that I've heard didn't believe it. I, I, I just didn't believe it. I didn't think it was possible. I thought it was a hoax. Um, and then I kept digging and digging, and all of a sudden, like, more credible news outlets, uh, I think it was ESPN was the first one I saw that reported it, and, you know, you, my stomach dropped. I didn't know, you know, I'll get into some deeper thoughts later, but yeah, it like, for a celebrity that a, a guy I've never met before, that, like, took my breath away reading that yeah I, I know what you mean it, it's not like we knew, we knew Kobe Bryant personally of course but but um, we all we all grew up watching him play and it's just like kind of like Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre you grow up watching someone play and it almost feels like you've known them because you've seen, you've seen them so often and on your TV set and you've related to them and and how you wanted to be great like them. I know I, me as well as many millions of children across the United States and the world grew up trying to, to shoot a Kobe fadeaway. When you, when you throw a, 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 bump, a crumpled up piece of paper into the garbage can, you, you always say, Kobe, it's just a thing. He's become a household name in all of, in all of our lives in one way or another. And um, it's definitely... It, it, like you said, Kyle, it made your stomach drop. It, it was shocking in, in many, many ways. Black Josh, what were your first reactions when you, when you heard the news of Kobe's death and the, and the helicopter crash? I didn't think it was real. I thought it was fake, to be honest. And then once, you know, more, just like what Kyle said, once more people started coming out with it and it actually sunk in, I was like, damn, that's, that's fucked up. Because he, he was just on the news the day before about, with uh, LeBron and shit. Yeah, LeBron passing in yeah. for the third on all-time scoring list. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, wow, this is fucked up. Just one day you're all up on the news, and the next day you ain't. Right. Right, and he had just sent out a tweet congratulating LeBron on, on, his, on his achievement. Um, Seamus, your thoughts, what were your first thoughts when you heard the news of uh, Kobe's passing and the helicopter crash? Well, at, at first, I... I, I'll admit, I really didn't pay, I mean, I looked at it, and I had a moment of shock, but at the same time, because the first reports I saw came from TMZ, I was like, alright, I don't know, I don't know what to think of this, I don't know if this is legit, um, so I hopped on Google, and I did some searches, and I found other media outlets, I saw that the LA Times was investigating it, and, I mean, I... I'm not a huge basketball person. I, I obviously anybody who knows sports knows the name Kobe, but I, I grew up more in the Jordan generation. That was when I was paying attention to basketball. But it, it was it was kind of like a shock. It was like that that's somebody who came after my interest in the sport, and therefore is a younger athlete, and that's just not something that I. I ever expected that I would see is that a young athlete being gone like that. It was, it was a surprise. Right. And, and, and like you alluded to, I mean, there's the, there was the Jordan generation. And then after that, Kobe came into the league in 1996. 
as a, out of high school as, as an 18-year-old. I mean, it was, you can kind of put it this way, the Jordan era, the Kobe era, and then, and then the LeBron era, which we're, we're in now. And he def- and they kind of overlapped. And they kind of overlapped because, I mean, obviously Kobe, Kobe played LeBron and he played Michael <laughs> Jordan and towards the end of Michael Jordan's prime. But he defined a generation, and, and he's, he's bigger than basketball in a lot of ways. And we'll get into some of, some of how that relates later in the show. And the, above all, the, the, the children's lives who were lost. I mean, Gigi, she was, she was being bred to be the next WNBA star. He was coaching two hours a day, five days a week with this, this basketball team, the, the Mambas. And he, it's just, he's 41. That's not how this is supposed to go. That's not how lives are supposed to be lost at such a young age when he's, he's just gotten in, into the beginning of the best part of his life. I mean, you could, you could argue five NBA championships. How could you top that? But he was, he was finally becoming, getting the chance to like really raise his daughters and to be able to coach her and watch, and watch her rise to, to be a star. I mean, he has other daughters as well. And, but especially Gigi, because she was on the way to be a star, and he was teaching her the, the things that he learned and the things he developed and the, his style of basketball. The best parts of his life were still yet to come at 41 years old. And that's, I think that's what hurts the most about hearing about this. Um, I wanna... Hey, but yeah. uh, let, me, let me just add to that. Um, it is not fair. It's, you know, th- th- you think, like, your first thoughts are, oh, my gosh, his daughter was only 13 and he was so young and he was doing so well in his second career as like a businessman. Uh, how could this happen? But this is when faith gets really tested. If you believe in, in something, if you believe in God, if you truly say this day in and day out, this is where your faith gets tested. This, you know, it's ultimately, we don't know how long we have we don't have a clock and when it's god when when god calls our number we're going you know there's no obviously kobe is an example of that there's nothing you can do to prevent death when death comes it collects and we're never going to understand why these things happen because obviously like this kobe bryant and and these nine um individuals lost their lives we're, we're never going to understand it but this wasn't the only time that tragedy has happened we've seen we saw leah die at a young age an r&b singer um uh, roberto clemente died in how, give, giving first aid you know it, we don't we don't have control over death and this is like i said this is when faith gets tested and we just have to continue to grow in our faith and and learn from it and grow from it that's really well put kyle yeah you you hit the nail on the head it 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 makes you appreciate every day that you have just that little bit more unfortunately it's it's the silver lining in these terrible situations that and especially we saw it in social media people coming together for the good talking about their appreciation for being as fathers and, and mothers and their appreciation for every day and we have to live and this makes you think we have to live every day not necessarily like it's last but every day so that it makes you it makes you not want to be a jerk a little bit more it makes you appreciate every day a little bit more it makes you you know it, i think in one day we saw the world i mean the social media world at least where it's such a toxic environment come together 
in in like a, a certain way that we're not used to seeing, where everybody was talking about the, the the positives and like how short life is and how we have to appreciate, Somewhat. yeah, how we have to appreciate every day um, that we have on this earth because, like you said, Kyle, it could be taken away at any at any point, and it's it makes you it really makes you think. It makes you stop for a second and appreciate the life that we're given. I want to go over some of Kobe's accolades because he was truly a transcendent player in many ways. And so just just his basketball accolades alone, five NBA titles with the Lakers. He was a finals MVP twice. He had the, uh, the scoring title twice in his NBA career. He's fourth in uh, postseason scoring, fourth in all-time scoring. He had two Olympic gold medals. He was an 18-time All-Star. Um, he, he had a regular season MVP, and he was the first guard to ever skip college. He scored 81 in a game. That's second most in a game all time behind Wilt Chamberlain. He did that in 2006 against the Raptors. He's the Lakers' all-time leading scorer. First NBA player to have 3,000 points and 6,000 assists. He scored 50 points 24 times. He, he's all-NBA 15 times. He's the 12-time defensive all-defensive team. The first guard to ever play 20 seasons in the NBA. He won the dunk contest in 97. He scored 40 points 121 times, and he had 21 triple-doubles. That's not just generational talent. That's transcendent talent. We all have you know, memories of Kobe. Mine being when him and Shaq were teamed up, and they won those back-to-back-to-back titles. That was like, when I was a little kid, it was the Bulls, man. It was Michael Jordan. It was Pippen and the Bulls. coach. Dennis Rodman, it was the Bulls. That was the transcendent team. We, I really thought we were seeing that again with the Lakers in those years. It was like all-time dominance that you don't see in sports very often. So for me, that was like the Kobe's defining moment. And, and of course, when he put up 60 in his last game, that was pretty incredible. To be that, that age, everyone says he's washed up in one way or another, and he puts up 60 in his last game. I want to I challenge you guys. Uh, starting with you, Kilikai, what was the, the Kobe moment, the all-encompassing Kobe moment that really makes you remember him, that, that you'll never forget about him? His last game of his career, he scored 60 points. They played it on ESPN uh, the other night. And Gordon Hayward, so Kobe was at the free throw line about to shoot his 60th point. And Gordon Hayward had, I can't remember how he did it, but he basically was preparing if if Kobe missed the shot, he was going to get out of the way to give Kobe another chance to get 60 points. You know, that's the kind of respect that he got from his fellow colleagues in the league, and it was an emotional game. I remember his last year was really emotional um, because he poured his heart and soul out to the game. And the growth, like, that's... The last game is what stands out because it was so emotional, but it's because of the growth throughout from his rookie year to his last year, those 20 years. Like, so much happened, and he really grew up before everybody's eyes. And I think that's why people loved him so much is because he was kind of a punk kid when he came out of high school because he didn't go to college. He came straight out of high school to the pros and had his time with Shaq 
and then Shaq left, and then he did the the whole thing, you know, basically on his own. Won two titles on his own with like, you know, average talent. Um, got through some bad, sticky situations in with his personal life, and you know, just became a man. He became a father and grew and. Man, when he left the game, like, the respect that he got was very admirable. So, um, it all kept, it all concluded with that last game, and that was iconic to me. Yeah, it was, it was a great moment to, to put a cap on an incredible career. And like you said, we got to watch him grow before and before our eyes. We've seen that with many players, and that's what I was saying. It's like, earlier, it's like... Yeah, we didn't know him personally, but you watch him, you know, 81 to 100 times a year. If you're, if you're a basketball fan, you're watching him that many times every year between the playoffs and the regular season. You're watching this person grow before your eyes. You're watching him mature. You're watching him overcome different obstacles that come in their path. I mean, you could say that with Tom Brady. You could say that with Aaron Rodgers. We've watched him grow before our eyes. Brett Favre, these players that play these long careers in the spotlight as, you know, as top talent, you can't help but watch them, and you can't help but you know feel like you've you've grown with them as your life goes on, and as you grow, they grow, and it's it's simultaneous, and it's it's one of the great things about sports and entertainment in general. Watching these these people that grow before your eyes while you're growing, and it's like you're doing it together, even though you've maybe never met the person, you have a, a certain kind of personal connection with them, though you've never met in real life. Uh, Black Josh, you got any moments about Kobe that you remember that, that you want to bring up? Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of basketball back then, but I, I have watched a couple of their games back when he was still with Shaq and stuff because it was just crazy what they were doing. Just crazy. Like you, like you said before with the Bulls. like I, That was when I was watching basketball, when it was Jordan, Rodman, Pippen, you know, all them. That's when I was watching basketball because that shit was amazing. Then Kobe came in, Shaq came over, and that shit was fucking amazing. So, Yeah, and like you alluded to uh, with the Shaq, they won three titles together, but then Shaq left, and he won two on his own. He put the team on his back and won it on his own. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. that, that really solidified him as an individual player and as an individual star. Um, Seamus, any, any Kobe thoughts, any memories that you have? I mean, I know you said you're not a big, much of a big basketball fan, but maybe there's some moment that you'd like to bring up that you remember when you were watching him as you were growing up and as Kobe was growing up before our eyes. Um, I'm, I'm actually kind of with, with Black Josh on this. I, I wasn't watching NBA basketball during, during the time of Kobe. I, I stopped um, shortly before I graduated high school. I graduated high school in 95, so um, I kind of stopped with the Jordan years. Uh, I I actually kind of felt slighted when Phil Jackson left Chicago and went to LA, so I I really didn't pay too much attention. Uh-huh. I, I I wish I wish I could could say I have a Kobe story, but I my fault is I really didn't know enough about the man. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, Phil Jackson. How about that? He had Jordan and the Bulls, and then he had <laughs> and then he had. Uh, Kobe and the Lakers and, and Shaq. That's a lucky coach right there. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest coaches of all time, no matter which way you cut it. Yeah. 
Um, a little bit about, about Kobe's personal life. Him and his wife, Vanessa, married in, in April 18th of 2001. They filed for divorce in 2003, but they, due to irreconcilable differences, but they never did divorce. They stuck together, and they've been together all this time and have had four, four beautiful daughters. Um, their first daughter, Natalia, was born in January of 2003. She's 17 years old now. Of course, Gianna was born in May of 2006, died at 13 years old with Kobe. Um, Bianca was born in December of 2016. She's three, year old, three years old now, and uh, Capri Kobe is only seven months old. His baby daughter is only seven months old. And the really unfortunate part, that another really unfortunate part about this whole scenario is he's got two daughters that, I mean, they're going to have virtually no memories of their dad. They're, I mean, their brains aren't developed enough to have those kind of memories. I mean... Perhaps Bianca will have a couple, but Capri Kobe, I mean, she's not even going to remember her dad. And that's, I mean, for Vanessa to lose her her second oldest daughter and her husband in the same day, I mean, the the pain, the grief, the what she must be feeling right now, I mean, I can't imagine losing my daughter. And she lost her husband and her daughter, and now her she has to live this life without them. Not, Go on. not only that... Um, the Antebelli family, isn't there, wasn't there another daughter that they had that wasn't on the plane or on the helicopter? Yeah, so, um, he actually has... So she, she's gotta continue with her sister, mom, and dad gone. Correct, yeah. An, an orphan. Essentially, um, yeah. Oh. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, that, that... Yeah, children children were lost in this. I mean, yeah, people's families are ruined. I mean, not necessarily ruined, but they're they're shattered forever. They they lost the closest people in their lives and I don't yeah, I don't know what the Antebelli family is going to do. Um John does have an, a grown son, JJ. Um so perhaps he'll be he'll be taken over for Alexis, but it's yeah. The the the, the rippling effect of this single moment, this single accident, it's it's changing the lives of people exponentially for the rest of their lives, and it's it's it can't be ignored. It, it it's not just Kobe, it's Kobe's family. It's not just the Antebellis. It's Mauser. It's it's uh, Peyton Chester. I mean, it's all these. It's the rippling effects are are insane. It's it's awful. I want to talk a bit about um. Kobe Bryant's philanthropy. He, because not only was he an athlete, of course he did he did many things outside of basketball that that he tried to do to to make the world a better place, and that can't be denied either. I mean, no matter no matter what way that you um, that you cut it, whether you like Kobe, whether you're mad at him for past events or not, what he's done in his playing career and his post playing career outside of basketball that can't be ignored either. So. He's uh, the, he was the ambassador for uh, after, the After School All-Stars, which is a nonprofit that provides after school programs to kids in 13 major U.S. metropolis areas. Um, he started the Kobe Bryant China Fund, which raises money in China, embarked for education and health programs. So even outside of the United States, he's got foundations set up to, to help the less fortunate, to help people in need. Um, and with his wife, um, Vanessa... He founded the Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Foundation, and, and I quote, it's there to help young people in need, encouraging the development of physical and social skills through sports and assisting the homeless. 
Um, Kobe Bryant once said he wanted to he wanted more out of his life than to just be a successful basketball player. He wanted more out of his life than to just be known for his accomplishments on the court, but also for his accomplishments as a father and as a philanthropist and somebody who wants to help the communities not just in Los Angeles but around the world. Um, and that can't be that can't be taken for granted. I mean, we we always. As fans, or many fans out there, we have a way of thinking, oh, these guys are making all this ridiculous amount of money. They're all in it for themselves. They're just trying to get rich. But, I mean, Kobe Bryant's a good example of somebody who wanted to be bigger than just basketball. He wanted to, to change the lives of people, just not just in his family, but outside his family as well. Um, and then him, and his, him as a father. Um, there was a really, a really touching piece that I saw yesterday online that this woman, female reporter did about how Kobe Bryant talked about how he was a girl dad since he had four daughters. And him and Vanessa, at one point after their first daughter was born, Vanessa wanted a, a boy. And they talked about wanting a boy, and then they had a girl, and then another girl, and another girl. And he was interviewed once, and he was asked, well, well, don't you want that boy? I mean, would you be, don't, would you keep trying for a boy? And he said, he said I, he would have five more girls if he could. He considers himself a girl dad. And so I know three of us as part of the show, we're all, we're all fathers to girls. Um, Kill a Kyle with you being, being the exception, but you're still a father, and I'd like your take on this as well. But it's, I want to go through the guys. I'll say for, my, for myself, as, as the father of a girl, and I have another baby girl on the way, there is something special about being the father to a girl. I mean, women, as, as men, women are a mystery to us as we're growing up in girls. And we're always trying to find ways to, to get them to like us. Or we think they have cooties when we're really little. And we, they're, they're kind of a mystery. And, but to me, I wanted a girl when I, when I had my first child. And I got one, thankfully. And my daughter, Ash, she's, the, she's 11 years old now. And she's, she's just incredible. She reminds me of me in a lot of ways, but a hell of a lot smarter. And... and I feel like I connect to women to women a lot more now that I have this this daughter and and she's a beautiful spirit and and there's so much about being the father to a daughter that's that's just special and I'm gonna take it over to you, Black Josh. You have a 13 year old yourself, Elizabeth. What are your thoughts on being a girl dad? Do you consider yourself a girl dad? Do you, I mean, what is that to you to be the father to a daughter? What does that mean to you? Um, well, she's my only kid, so. It means a lot to me. When I first found out she uh, that her mother was pregnant, I did want a boy. But now that I have Elizabeth, and you know, now she she lives with me now for the last two. We'll say two years, I don't, I don't, but I don't think it's quite been two years yet. Uh, before that, she spent all her time with her mother. There's a lot of times where I wasn't able to see her because her mom was being a bitch. Um, so that, that, you know, in those days it sucked because I would call and I would try to get to see her and it was always some excuse or, you know, always some bullshit I had to deal with. Now she lives with me and I have her all the time and it's fucking great. I fucking love every minute of it. She is a pain in my ass, but I fucking love every minute of it. Yeah. And I've seen the connection between you two and it's clear that like, yeah, you guys, you guys bicker, but there's always a smile on your face when you guys are bickering. Like, you're always just p- picking at each other in different ways, but in the end, it's so clear, like, the connection you two have. She loves being around you. She loves her dad. And it's it's a special connection that, I mean, I'm not not to say that a, a, 
a boy and his father is dif- different, but there's, I can see the connection between you two, and it's you guys are always joking around and. Oh yeah, we're always roasting each other. It's hilarious. Yeah, you guys are a little like picking at each other, but it's clear that in the end, like you guys, I mean, you would do anything for her, and that that's more than obvious to me. Seamus, I'm gonna take it over to you as a father of daughters. Um, I want I want to know your take. <laughs> I love how he chuckled as he said that. Yeah, because you have boys, you have boys too, but but your connection with your girl. I want I want to hear well, about that. I have I have I have three daughters. Um, my Jesus, oldest is gonna is gonna be twenty four this year. My next one's gonna be turning twenty one in in a few weeks, and my youngest is thirteen. Um, and they're all they're all very very different. Um, my twenty four year old and I, um. We, we lost about 10 years of contact just because of situations in life. But, I mean, we've, we've reconnected. We have a very, very solid relationship. I, I talk to her a couple of times a week. She's, she's doing her own thing. She's living her own life. There, there are some things that, that she's chosen that I didn't necessarily agree with but she's her own person and and you know the the daughters being a being a a dad of daughters and i think both of you guys would agree with me is you want to be protective you know you you want to watch over them you want to make sure that that you know they don't get hurt um with my 21 year old i had a situation where i overstepped um, and it's, it's caused some problems that we're still dealing with today, but I overstepped. I thought I was trying, I thought I was doing the right thing. And after it all went down, after further reflection, I realized that she's a grown woman. She can make her own decisions and I can choose to agree with, you know, I can agree with it or not, but I've got to give her the respect to make her own decisions. My 13 year old daughter has autism um and that's that's a little bit of a different scenario i'm i'm still hopeful that one day she'll be able to at least in a group environment be able to live on her own in a group home but i'm very very protective of her she is very naive in the ways of the world so that that protective instinct kind of is a little bit more strong with that one but i I love having daughters. It it's very very difficult, like you both alluded to, to you know try and connect with them as a dad. Um, I'm not I'm not big on tea parties. I'm not big on dress up. I'm not big on ballerinas, and I'm not a big fan of pink. But all of my girls went through those phases, and you know you 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 kind of. I don't want to take anything away from sons, but as a dad, you kind of give in a little bit more to your daughters. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of go the extra mile if you really want to build that connection. At least that's my take on it. 
Yeah, but I love being the dad of daughters. Yeah, very well put, Seamus. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, sometimes like especially when my my daughter was really young, she was the girliest girl ever, and I would do some of the dress up and tea party stuff and let her paint my toenails, not my actual, not my fingernails. But but yeah, it was a little difficult at first, but it like. And like you said, you kind of give in a little more because that's your little princess, you know, when they're at that, that really young age. That's your princess, and you want to spoil her, and the mom is telling you, no, you can't, you can't be, do, be doing that stuff. But, but for me, yeah, I've always, I've always kind of given in to my, my daughter quite a bit more than I, I think I would a son because you kind of want to be hard on the son because you know how hard it is to be a, a man, and you want to raise a man. But with the girl, it's like, that's my little princess, and... And my, like I said, my daughter's 11 now, and she's kind of going through her gothic phase right now. I was a punk rocker. She had a mohawk for a while. And she's trying, and then the hormones are starting to kick in, and she's very confused about everything. And I try to give her these, like, big, long speeches about life and how you have to keep things into perspective. And she's just like, whatever, Dad. You know, what, whatever. Like, yep. And it's... Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's rough, but I mean... There's something special about that connection between a dad and a daughter, and I can't wait to have my next one. And in this Kobe Bryant thing, the the thought of him, like Seamus, you got a 13 year old, uh, Black Josh, you got a 13 year old, mine's 11. That's all around the same age as as what Vanessa lost and her daughter. And Kobe had to to see his daughter pass away. It's just I can't fathom it. I can't wrap my head around the thought of losing my daughter, and I don't want to think about it. It's terrifying. And I want we want to protect our kids no matter whether they're boys or girls or whatever they choose to be. We want to protect them no matter what. And the thought of losing a child is there's there's no more painful thought than that. Um, I think Seamus, when you and I talked on the phone, you alluded to this. I mean, it, as unfortunate a circumstance as it is, the pain that Vanessa must be feeling must be awful. Kobe, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but at least he passed on after at the same time because the pain that he would have to go on knowing his daughter passed away and there's nothing he could do and he'd have to live on with that. That's, that's a kind of feeling that I can't even fathom. It's, it's, it's too hard to even think about. Killer Kyle, I just want to get your thoughts. Oh, at, oh go on, go on. Go on absolutely. I mean, you know, Vanessa and the three surviving daughters, they, the man that they knew as husband and dad, and their daughter and sister. I mean, that, those are two holes that are never going to be able to get filled. You know, just... I, I can't even begin to fathom what that would feel like. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, at least they were together. I mean, I try to put a silver lining on this, but at least they were together. I don't know if that's good or bad, but they were together, and that's there's there's something in that, and I I I hope they're together somewhere right now and in a better place. Um, Killer Kyle, I want to get your thoughts. Just as a parent, I know you have a really little one, but I'm sure, and you have a, another slightly older one that you take care of quite a bit. I, I want to get your thoughts on fatherhood and how this, this, this makes you feel and, and your thoughts on this take. Yeah. You don't, I mean, oh, if you're, if you're, just, if you're a parent, it doesn't matter if you have a son or a daughter, like you just, your heart aches for 
the families of this tragedy and people, all families all over that deal with um, any type of parent that has to bury their child. I, I just don't even want to think about that at all. Like it, it, it's my biggest fear. My biggest fear in my life today is having to bury my child. Like if it ever, ever came to that and yeah, it like even kids that battle illnesses and stuff like that. We, you know, we pray for health. We, you know, when Rob Butch, when your child comes, you know, you're going to be praying that it's got 10 fingers 10 toes healthy you know some babies don't even come out that way and it you never you never want to think about stuff like this so like for Kobe's wife Vanessa for example like I would I, I just I, I can't even imagine like what the last three and a half days have been for her and you know, not even losing her child, but her partner, you know, it's just, oh, it's, it's sickening. It's just, ugh. yeah. So, you know, I, I can't relate to being a father of, of a, a girl. Um, I'm not a girl dad, but, but I'm a pretty damn good dad, you know? And like, I, since my son has been around, like, I, my focus has completely shifted, you know, like, everything that I envisioned my life to be changed completely after that, and, um, yeah, our kids are everything, you know, it, it's just really that simple, our kids are everything, we strive I mean, I, I would, I would think we strive to, to be the best parents, best role models that we can be. This is a really good song, by the way. I really like this song. Um, it's just, man, I don't, I don't have really any words. Like, you know, like it's just, it's a scary thought to lose a child. Something we pray never happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well put, Kyle, well put. Yeah, I mean, I I think we... The way I like to think about it as, as being a father is I want to be the kind of person that I want my daughter to grow up to be. Or I want to be the type of man that I want my daughter to be with. I want to be that example that that so that... There's no way that she has any question about it. I want, I want her, I want to exemplify the skills and the the personality that that I want her to be like, and that's in my daily life and every aspect of it. And I fall short every day, but it's always something I'm striving for. And I think that's that's the case for all of us and and all parents out there. I hope to be the kind of person that we want our children to be, because that's our job. I'm well put everybody on that topic. I, I, I think we all did a very good job of putting it. And, and Kobe for sure was that type of person to his daughters and Gigi as, as well. He was the type of man in, in business, in, in his sports, in, in the charitable things that he had done. 
he exemplified a great example for his children, and I hope that legacy in his family lives on and that his daughters go on to do as great things that Kobe's been able to do. Um, and also, I Butcher, mean... I want to interrupt you real quick. Yeah. Um, before we move on from this, I, I gotta state how disgusted... I mean, utterly disgusted I get with social media. Go on. Kyle, you there? You might have to get Kyle back. We'll get Kyle's take on the social media in a second. I just want to point out that um, before we get back to Kyle, we lost him on the line. Kobe Bryant, he also... In his, in his other endeavors, he began writing children's and young adult novels and books. Um, uh, Rick Butcher from the Bleacher Report said if, if he was going to be a dad, he wanted to be one for everybody. He wanted to, because Kobe was always about the bigger picture. He was always larger than life in many areas of his life. And so if he was going to be a dad, he was going to do it in a way that everyone could benefit from. So he, he wrote several um, books. One of them included Legacy and the Queen, and that was inspired by Serena Williams. Um, he had this uh, Wizenard series, um, a couple of the books, uh, Season 1, Training Camp, those involved sports. He wrote a book called Epoch, the Tree of Ekroff. Um, so yeah, he, he even wrote children's books in order to, to not just... He, he wrote books for his kids, made stories for his kids, but also for kids all around that could benefit from him as a father, sort of... In a, in a sort of way that he could benefit other children, not just his own. I mean, you can't deny the fact that he wanted to be as great of a man as he could be and as great of a father as he could be. Um, uh, he also trained his daughter's basketball teams. Um, he quotes uh, a quote from him, I work with the girls every day for two hours, and that's the plan for the next five years. Um, so no matter how you felt about him as a man, his legacy as a father and as a player... And his commitment to making the world a better place cannot be ignored. Um, it looks like we lost the boys on the phone. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about some of the aftermath that came as a result of, of Kobe's passing. Um, so Kobe and, Kobe and Gianna's death have made a resounding impact in sports and social media. Um, every NBA team since the passing um, of Kobe Bryant has taken a 24-second a shot clock violation, and even some have been taking that backcourt eight-second violation. I was at the Bucks game at the Pfizer Four of last night against the Warriors, and yeah, the game started off. The Bucks got the tip off. They held the ball twenty-four seconds, didn't take a shot, no defense, no offense, as a tribute to Kobe. Um, and then the Wizards ended up getting the ball, and they did the same thing, but they did the backcourt violation of eight seconds to indicate his number eight and his number twenty-four. As a, as a really kind of touching tribute. Uh, so they took stat hits for their teams in a way to commemorate Kobe Bryant and his legacy. Um, they've also uh, had, a, had a tribute at the Pfizer Forum last night, and I know they've been doing this in arenas all around. They shut the lights down. They did a, a big thing on the Jumbotron, a big tribute to Kobe and his legacy, had a nice little speech regarding it, and then there was a moment of silence of 24 seconds to commemorate his number 24. That was really cool. And all throughout the game, Kobe chants were coming from the crowd at different points. Chris Middleton did a fadeaway jumper late in the game, and Kobe chants were coming out. Kobe, Kobe. It was a, it was a really cool moment, and I know that's been happening at, at basketball arenas all around the nation. 
Uh, Quinn Cook, uh, he's a Laker. He changed his number to 28, combining Gigi's number 2 and Kobe's number 8. Last night, Joel Embiid wore 24 for the whole game, and that's after the 76ers had previously retired the number 24 as a franchise. They They allowed him to bring that number back to commemorate Kobe in the game last night. Uh, multiple players are informally retiring Kobe's numbers by changing theirs. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie from the Brooklyn Nets, he changed his number from 8 to 26. Uh, the Orlando Magic's Terrence Ross changed his number from 8 to 31. So there has been a thoughts about retiring Kobe's numbers uh, league-wide. You know, the way uh, Jackie Robinson's 42 is retired from every Major League Baseball franchise from using uh, there, there's been talks about it retiring his numbers um, throughout the entire NBA. But until then, and whether it happens or not, these players have, have changed their numbers from 8 or 24 in an effort to, um, in an effort to you know, sort of retire his number now. Whether or not it gets retired, they're changing their numbers, and players are not choosing to have the number 24. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he blocked out his Facebook and Instagram and, and, and Twitter, I believe, ever since the tragedy. I don't think he's back on, but he did do an interview, and he said there's no Greek freak without the Black Mamba. So that's that's really touching to hear from our, our biggest star. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Um, so... I, uh... I just want to say, in, yeah. in reference to everybody, you know, remembering him and, and throwing up support, um, out here on the road, I would, I went through Philadelphia on Tuesday, and they had, I, I want to say I saw two billboards in downtown Philly that were paying homage and remembrance to Kobe, so to see that throughout the country, you know, to, to hear that they did it at Pfizer. I've heard that they were doing it at other arenas. Also to see it on on Billboard Media, I think that's just, <coughs> excuse me, that's just further, a further testament to how big his reach was, how big of an impact he had. Yeah, and I noticed that in Philly, Philly last night, too, they... They brought out his high school jersey, his 33 jersey from high school, and they did a ceremony just commemorating his time that he played. I mean, he's from Philadelphia and commemorating his come up um, in the in the city of Philadelphia. And the ones I listed are just a, a small number of the tributes that we've seen. There's all, all sorts of Twitter, people on Twitter have been commemorating him. I mean, every, every sports player from every franchise and every major sport has had something to say about it, and that just shows the effect that Kobe Bryant has had on on all of us growing up in sports. Killer Kyle, you around? Killer Kyle, you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're back. What happened? I'm not sure. We Hey, folks, we lost Killer Kyle for a little bit. He's back on. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So, I, so Kyle, just, just to give you a recap, I don't know if you have any, anything to talk about to say on this, but I was just going over the list of you know, the players that are changing their numbers so that Kobe's can be informally retired for the moment. I, I, I brought up Giannis' statements. I brought up different tributes that different arenas and in, in, in the NBA that, that they've done. Um, if you have any that you want to bring up, uh, feel free. I, I'm sure you've seen a lot of them as well. No, I, you covered it. Okay. Yeah, and like, 
Yeah, just the 24-second clock violation that every team is taking. It's, it's, it's fucking Yeah, awesome. I think that's awesome. That's so cool. They Actually, last night, I don't know, Kyle, if you saw in the Bucks game. I'm going to bring it up again. The Bucks did the 24-second, and then the Wizards did the 8-second backcourt. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, every, every team has been doing that yeah. um, in the NBA. The Mavericks retired number 24, which... I, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence about, like, it's an awesome tribute. I'm not one of the people that thinks the whole league should retire 24. That might be an unpopular opinion, but, um, you know, he was a Laker. Yeah. You know, the Lakers should, and, and they have already, they've retired his numbers, and thankfully he was there to see it, which is cool. Um, but he's a Laker, you know, um, Right. The NBA logo thing, all this stuff is just too soon. Like, let's just, let's get, let's have a funeral first, you know yeah. what I mean? Right, let's like, have a funeral before we well, make it big, like, make it about us, essentially, and what yeah, we're doing, you know? it's too much, too soon. It's well, just, just one point I want to throw in there, guys, um, and this is, this is a, a player who is still alive and still with us, but... In the NHL, when Wayne Gretzky retired, league-wide, there will never be anybody on any team that will ever wear the number 99. And that was done to honor Wayne Gretzky and the career that he had in the NHL. So... You know, if if the and and that's something that I give the NHL a lot of credit for because I know you guys aren't all that big into hockey, but if you look at the career that that Gretzky had, that's a tremendous honor for his his number to be be retired league wide. And if if you're gonna do that throughout a league. Kobe would be a person that I would be in favor of this being done for. Yeah. Now that I've had it, now that I've had a chance to look at the career that he had, um, the accolades that he had, what he was doing and beginning to do off the court, um, I'd, I'd be in favor of that for a league wide number retiring. But what number did they retire? Because technically he had two numbers. Yeah. Would you have to do both? You almost. That's have a really to. good yeah, question. You can't. You can't just do one. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like Jackie Robinson's 42 is different than the 99 Gretzky. Yeah, Gretzky had the best career of any hockey player that I've ever heard of, arguably. And But Jackie Robinson did something bigger, I think. With He broke the color barrier. He did. I think that's... That's definitely bigger. Yeah, like he didn't... He, I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to get too much into it. I don't want to hurt Kobe's legacy or anything or downplay his legacy or Gretzky's either, but... What, what what Jackie Robinson did was bigger than sports and changed all sports forever in the United States of America. So I I, true. I, I don't know. I it's tough to say. I think they should retire his number, but I don't know how they choose which one. They'd probably do or both. if they're going to do both. They'd probably do both. I'd imagine. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I don't think that they're going to change the logo because I know that's already been talked about. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that, and I don't think they should do that. Nothing against you know what Kobe did for basketball, but it's right. been the same logo for fucking forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the and the NBA logo is already designed after a player. Yeah. 
Jerry West. Yeah. He's a Laker, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Basketball, how long has that NBA logo been around? A.K.A. Kill a Kyle. For decades. I don't remember one previous. Like, MLB used to have a different logo, but I don't remember. And NFL's always had the shield as long as I can remember. Well, even when I look back. But, yeah, the NBA one, I think, has been that way it's ever since Jerry West played. <laughs> I yeah, it's, it's been decades. It's been our entire lifetimes. So, what do you, do you think they're going to change the logo? I don't know. I... I don't think so. I, I This whole petition shit that people do, it doesn't work. <laughs> you know? Like, I hate to bring this up, but um, Brandon Dassey, uh, the nephew of Stephen Avery, who's in prison, signed, you know, a worldwide petition to the governor to grant him clemency, and... Like, they literally had millions of signatures, and it didn't sway the the decision anyway. Well, that's in terms... don't work. Yeah, that's in terms of... That's in terms of a law, though, and, and, a, and a conviction. That's a little different than changing an NBA logo, I think. That's I mean, way different. Yeah, and the, the NBA no, 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 no. logo... The current NBA logo was created in 1969, gentlemen. Okay. Um... I know we're running out of time, and I don't want to. I just want to go over John Antibelli, Altabelli quick, just because I don't want to. I don't want to do this show without talking about him a little more. He was he, he coached for 27 seasons at Orange Coast College in Costa Mesa, California. Last year, he was the National Coach of the Year by the American Baseball Coaches Association. He led the Orange Coast Pirates to state championships in 2009, 2014, 2015, and last year in 2019, and he also won his 700th game last year. Um, For three summer seasons between 2012 and 2014, he was the head coach for the Brewster Whitecaps in the Cape Cod Baseball League, and if anyone knows baseball, Cape Cod, that's that's a hotbed for great baseball talent. And a couple of names that he coached in that Cape Cod League, Aaron Judge, Jeff McNeil, and the Brewers' own Ryan Healy. Um, he's survived by three kids, J.J., Alexis, or, sorry, he has two other, two living kids left, J.J. and Alexis. Alyssa passed away, unfortunately, with him in the, in the helicopter crash. Uh, his son, J.J., is a Red Sox scout and played for the Oregon Ducks. Um, I, just, I just wanted to get that in there, and if we want to talk a little bit about Al Tabelli and the, and, the, and the legacy that he's leaving behind. I mean, Aaron Judge... He's going to go down as one of the greatest Yankees of all time. I just know it. You know that guy's career is just getting started, and he's he's on the upswing. Ryan Healy's a brewer. Jeff McNeil, a great Mets player. And all the other people that they're touched by. Uh, Altabelli's legacy is going to, going to be felt for quite a while, if not forever, in baseball. And, and that's a huge loss for baseball and, and college baseball and as a whole, and his daughter as well, Alyssa, who passed away at, Another tragic life taken in this horrible um, helicopter accident. Um, anybody got any thoughts on El Tabelli? It's 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 as you know it's as big of a tragedy. I mean, all 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 the all the deaths are a tragedy. You know, um, I I think that's. I mean, it's it's sad given given what he's done. For baseball, it's 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 a it's a big loss to the sport. Um, 
my my biggest view on this whole thing though is every loss from that helicopter crash is a tragedy. Yeah. Um, I just that's just that's just my thought on it. Yeah, I agree. It's not just the sports world that matters to us, of course. It's every life that was involved. I mean, tragic. Even down to the helicopter pilot who was lost in in the tragedy as well. I mean, it's it's, it's this is bigger than sports. This is bigger than baseball, basketball, any of the sports. There's when lives are taken from us too soon. It's it's tragic, no matter what the case. Um, Killer Kyle, you were, we only have like three minutes left. I just you you mentioned the social media thing. You want to talk about that quick? Yeah, you know, well, I don't know where we got cut off or whatever happened um but yeah the the lack of the lack of dignity and self-respect on social media is disgusting um it's not i feel like people it's simply an attention ploy like these people are just dying to get attention and for some reason negative attention is good enough for a lot of people um but this is the world we live in boys like we you know we lose somebody you know whether it's or not and less you know minutes later there's a meme about him making fun of him yeah it's just it's not right i i I'm so upset about that. It it's I've seen some of those cartoons and I've seen some awful comments about it, people thinking that it's funny. And yes, humor is important in dark situations. But when you're making fun of people and who who's and people's whose families are, are being shaken by the lives being taken away, there's there's no excuse for that. Like you said, it's just people trying to get on a, a, attention, whether it's good or bad attention, all they care about is getting a couple, you know, laugh reacts on Facebook. That's horrible. We're getting famous. Yeah, they think it'll make them famous or infamous. There's no excuse for that. There's nothing good about that, and it just speaks to the the lonely and and mis misinformed and and misguided character of these people who are doing such things. It's there it's, was one other thing. Sorry, Butch. There's what? one other thing. There were a lot of people that were complaining uh, in the last couple days that. There was too much attention on Kobe Bryant, and that the media was like not giving enough um, time, basically, to the other victims, and it, that's that's not like that's kind of bullshit to me too. Like I think the media did a pretty damn good job overall, except ABC, who said Rick Fox died, which really broke my heart for about a half hour um but the coverage in a whole was pretty good and i've seen a lot on the antebellies i've seen a lot on the pilot um it wasn't just kobe bryant it's just the fact that kobe bryant is a global name people around the globe knew who he was knew and in in Enjoyed his entertainment, and that's why he got so much attention. It's because of who he was and what he did on such a grand stage. The other individuals were not so known, so right. they're not going to get Kyle. that much, you know? Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I think the media did a pretty good job, but we got to cut out for the day. 
Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Shout out to the Miller Park Minute. We're sorry I had to cut you off. Hey, everyone, don't widen the plate. Good night.